What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Above the Ice and Into the Numbers, Season 3, Episode 2. We're back with your boys, Christian, Julian, and David, myself. Um, we are <laughs> not in the greatest mood after the last Leaf game. I don't think anybody is in Leafland right now. Um, it's a game that I'm pretty sure we all knew they were going to lose. 7-1 to the Penguins, who were without Crosby and Malkin and Latang and pretty much anybody of value on that team. Other than Kasperi Kapanen, <laughs> like <laughs> probably not, not probably definitely their worst performance of the season and one of the worst losses I've seen them have in the past couple of years. What were you guys' yeah. thoughts? Um, I'll go first. Uh, yeah, like you said, I'm pretty sure everyone was pretty confident they were going to lose that game, but just the way they lost and especially coming off the night before, which was bad, but obviously not as bad. But I thought can't get worse than this, and it did. The fact that whenever Two games in a row, whenever we go down a goal, we have to we rely on Jason Spezza on the fourth line to come out right after. And it worked both times, and they scored right away. But the fact that we're even going to that when we have two lines of $11 million forwards that aren't performing and we're relying on Jason Spezza to score our goals, and then he does score the goals and we still don't back him up and get the wins for him, that's just the most disappointing thing about it. Because if we're relying on Jason Spezza, what are we going to do if Jason Spezza doesn't score these goals, I you know what we're gonna do. We're gonna lose seven one Pittsburgh. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I don't know. When you when you look back on it, I I think at the end of the day, your eleven million dollar players need to play like eleven million dollar players. And I think yes, you know, it's I, I for one am really happy that like Jason Spezza can do it. But he like you said, Chris, he can't be the only one that's gonna you know score the only goal in a seven one game. Um, but even now, like just going like looking. This is that was like what game five or six, and it almost feels like we're ready to blow the team up already. Um, and that's how high the expectation is in Toronto after last year, of course. But um, yeah, they're definitely disappointing coming off of that loss. Yeah, there's something about having a, a roster of young talent where you know when you're always relying on a 37 year old to get you back in the game, like that's that seems to be a bit of an issue. And honestly, I'm going to go on record. I'm going to say this is probably the worst loss we've had since David Ayers. Um, yeah. Yeah. You could say the Ottawa 5-1 game, but I, I beg to disagree as embarrassing as that was. Um, they like kind of didn't really lose a step after that. They're below 500 right now. This is a game we knew they we knew that they would lose. And like nobody really showed out or played well. Like this was so brutal to watch. It was this, it was the second night in a row that I turned off the Leafs game and went to go watch the Raptors, which was yeah. much more entertaining. And they lost to the Mavericks that night too. So like I got nowhere to go right now. <laughs> got nowhere to hide. Yeah. yeah. The thing with, uh, like you said, and I forgot my point. Go ahead. I forgot. No, it's, it's just like, I, I don't understand people who are like, oh, it's, it's still early in the season. Don't worry. Like this team still has time to turn around. It's like, yo, this is the fifth year that this team has been competitive like expecting to go far this there's no excuses anymore there have been so many moves to be made and honestly i was thinking about it last night we've never really i don't say we haven't criticized him but we've never really questioned his position with the team what has to happen this season for kyle dubas to not be back next season and if he's gone is sheldon keith packaged with him yes so i remember what i was just gonna say so i was gonna say the fact that the team dubas keith especially said we're going to double down with this team and we're going to ride with this core that's one thing 
And in six games into the season, you have a game like this. There's no confidence whatsoever. The team doesn't have confidence. Clearly, if you're the coach and you're the GM and you bet on this team, and the fact is, if this team fails to make the playoffs, the coach and the GM could both be gone. So they bet their lives on this team. And six games into the season, they have a performance like that. So, yeah, I think, honestly, I think if we miss the playoffs, one, it's not both of them are gone. And I think it's probably both because uh, if you get rid of one and not the other, I don't know, it doesn't really make sense, especially because they've been connected their whole Marley's and Sue. So I think if they get rid of Dubis, they will bring in a new GM. And maybe that GM will choose if they want to stick with Keith or get a coach that more fits their style. But I don't even think that's the right way to go because at the end of the day, I don't think it's Keith or Dubis's fault. Yeah. The team on paper, okay, this year it's not as good as it was in past years on paper, but still it's not lose 7-1 to Pittsburgh's AHL team on paper. So I totally agree with you. We were even saying this at the end of the playoffs last season. Like, what else was Dubas supposed to do? Right. He literally did everything we asked for. We needed defensemen. He got Jake Muzzin. Tyson Berry didn't work out, but we all he also got TJ Brody. Like he really rebuilt this blue line to be it was it was pretty solid last year. It's in shambles this year. Yeah. Um we needed a backup goalie. We got Jack Campbell, and now he's our starting goalie. Like acquisition that was so good. We needed to get tougher. We had we added Kyle Clifford, we added Wayne Simmons, we added Jumbo Joe as much as that added on the ice, like when he was spearing Nikolai Ehlers in the in the jet, in the stomach. Right? <laughs> he, but my point is like he did everything that the fans asked for after assembling a core full of young talent that can light the league on fire in the regular season. So, yeah, like even if he does get fired, I don't necessarily think it's his fault. It's this team that is perpetually underperforming. And we come back every single time as Leafs fans and expect something different. Like, we, I don't, I don't know how we've, we've expected something to change when it's it's just the players that are underperforming every single time. It's honestly reminds me of the Panthers from like four years ago when everyone thought yeah. that they were going to go super crazy and then they just kept failing to meet expectations. That's how I feel right now is like we, it looks like we have the pieces, but we just can't make that next step. And, and the thing that scares me the most, honestly, with this year is that this Atlantic division is so good that if you continue this type of play, you are going to miss the playoffs. Like we've seen the Leafs play bad, but you know, they end up riding out and, and, you know, the teams would play bad or Buffalo wouldn't be as good. And all of a sudden, okay, they've made you know, third place, but with this type of division, there's going to be four or five teams that could easily make the playoffs. And the first question I asked myself like today was you, we know Morazic's going to be out a long time. You got to do something. You can't have Hutchinson be your backup goalie going forward. If you're going to succeed, like nothing against the guy, but he is just not an NHL ready goaltender, but you need to do something like he can't, I, I wouldn't even have him on the bench tonight. Like you can't. Yeah. Um, I actually, I liked what Steve Dangle said about the situation. I don't know if you guys heard his, his thoughts on it, but like it's your third stringer and it's hard to get a good third stringer, but most teams in the league, their third string goalie is like a young prospect yep. that they yeah. expect to be contending for the starting position in a couple of years. And we haven't had a goalie prospect that like we were excited about probably since Garrett Sparks. Yeah. And that did not turn out well. <laughs> um, like there it's, it's, we've been criminally bad at developing at the goaltending position, like Ian Scott and Joseph Wool. I don't have much confidence in them anymore. I know we have that Russian kid 
who I'm not going to attempt to pronounce his name without having it directly in front of me. (laughs) But that's it though. Like there's nobody who's even two years away from being in contention. Like honestly, it feels like the depth that we used to have in this organization, even with the defensemen and the forwards in terms of young talent, like that's all depleted. It's it's either on the roster or it's traded away to make cap space. Um, Like despite the four steps we were making, we were hedging our future every single move. And now we haven't made any actual progress and our future doesn't look bright either. Um, because we're going to have to trade draft picks. We've been trading young prospects. And like the few that we have are constantly getting injured too. Like Nick Robertson has a broken leg right now. Like I can't catch a break. It, it's just, I don't know. It just feels like if we are going into a retool, even that might not be the right move because you might as well just go into a full rebuild at that point because you don't have the pieces that are going to be, that are going to make up like a whole line on its own or a whole blue line or a whole, um, sorry, two pairings on your blue line. Like, we don't have that in our organization right now. Yeah, no, and I, and I agree with that. And I guess, like, to your point, David, like, I guess the next question that would kind of follow that is, how long do you wait until you make whatever move you're going to make? Like, do you wait another, like, 10 games? Do you wait 20 games? Like, what's that length until you say, okay, that's it. We got to, like, fire somebody or we got to trade somebody. Because yeah, I don't know when that is. In, like, what, what other teams are going to be looking to make big moves, right? Because it's so early in the season. Like, who's, who's going to be ready to give up? A high quality player like oh we're just gonna tank this year we've decided 20 games into the season All right yeah so this kind of feels like the babcock situation where maybe they wanted to do something during the off season and they said we'll give it maybe 10 15 games and if it's still not there in the next season then we'll fire babcock i think it's a similar situation where maybe there was a trade or i don't think a firing again because that'd be two firings now and with no big trades so i think we did the firing last time i think this time it's gonna be the big trade so maybe they wanted to do a trade in the offseason. They said, we'll give it 10, 15 games. And then if we see the same patterns that we saw last season and the last five seasons, then maybe we'll do something. I don't agree with that. I think if you had the move in the offseason, you should have made it. Because if we all knew that it was going to be the same this season, they had to know. But I don't know. I feel like, yeah, maybe by by Christmas, if nothing's changed, then I think yeah, the big trade. Out. Are you capable of trading Mitch Marner at this point? I think it's a possibility. And you got to trade a guy like Alex Kerfoot. I would trade That's anyone. Three, yeah, it's 3.5 mil. I would, I would even consider a trade. If, if you're not going for the season, I would consider trading Morgan Riley. He'd probably yeah. be a pretty big trade deadline acquisition. You'd probably get a decent chunk of change for that. Do you want to continue talking about the Maple Leafs or are there topics around the league you guys want to go to? <sighs> One more thing with Riley specifically. Yeah, if we kind of talked about last week how we don't think we're going to be able to resign him. If you can't resign him, I think we need to trade him this year. Yeah. Like you said, we've lost so many assets trying to go for whatever JVR specifically. That was about to bring up JVR. Yeah. yeah. Gardner, even, even though he has specific circumstances with his injury that year. But still, you can't lose another one, another big asset for nothing and then have no playoff success to show for it. So, exactly. Because the, the whole justification for the last two times doing it was well, we don't want to sacrifice any playoff success what playoff success you haven't had any yeah, yeah. There's been nothing they won think... three games every yeah. season in the playoffs and congratulations except for it's... columbus but like that just that feels so it's it just so... Feels like another like game seven type situation yeah. 
it, it's just ridiculous to this point. And like, I think that decision of if you're going to trade Riley, like you, yeah, like you have to make that decision before the season ends, before the trade deadline. Then you have to kind of establish, yeah, are we a contender or is this not the season again for like the fourth or fifth straight time? So, but yeah. the thing is, I'd rather know and be prepared than maybe this is the season and I get booted in the first round again. <laughs> so, I don't know. It, it is. <laughs> It's just it, depressing. It feels, it feels inc- <laughs> yeah, it feels incredibly negative and cynical to be talking like this six games into the season, but it's really not. No. I think that's our point here. It's really not six games into the season. This is five years into the process. It, it's not like we're Vegas and we're com- we have like a slow start and the last five yeah. years have said that we're going to be a good team. And then we're yes, it's not like we've been consistent in making conference finals yeah. and Stanley Cup finals. Like, There's no reason to be optimistic as a Leaf fan. Like, yeah. Just, there's none. Uh, moving on, Lucas Raymond, three goals, one assist last night against the Chicago Blackhawks. Obviously, he plays for the Detroit Red Wings. This kid is a stud. He, they got him on line with Bertuzzi and Larkin. And I just want to say, man, I, I think I said it earlier. The the Red Wings look like they could be. Well, I'm not gonna say good because I do not expect them to be good, but better than people expect. I think this is the first year that they start to show signs of improvement they their younger players are on the team now in regards to marie cider obviously lucas raymond like i mentioned they've picked up nadelkovich they have philip sedina who's filling in a much bigger role than he used to trying to get him some confidence i like the the makeup of this roster heading into the future honestly um i think they like the, the eyes are planned man it's it's hard to fail when you got that man at the mantle yeah they give me a little bit of like 16 17 league vibes yeah, a little bit, especially because like they have the mix of like the older, not even older, but like the more established players like Bertuzzi and Larkin. Those are like the JVR and Kadri's, and then they have like the younger players like Raymond and Sider and even Zadina. And those guys are the rookies that are gonna get better. And if they can, unlike the Leafs, if they can keep those Bertuzzi and Larkins and sign them on even Verana too, and Ginger, if they can keep those players and incorporate new young players, then they can build a team that'd be really scary in a couple of years. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And I, I even think the Nadelkovic pickup was still fantastic. Like, if I was – like, I know Carolina's their goaltending is, you know, obviously with Freddie Anderson right now. But I still think Nadelkovic is a really, really good starter for them. And I think, yeah, like, the Toronto Maple Leafs 16-17 comparison is perfect. I think if they can – they're going to surprise teams. I think teams are underestimating them, honestly, because they're in this Atlantic division where there's, like, six teams that are predicted to be better than them. But I do think, and especially against the Leafs, I think they're going to steal some games. Oh, for sure. Especially against the Maple Leafs, like you said. Yeah, I mean, they have Rana. He's locked up for another uh, two seasons after this one. Larkin has another season after this one. So it was Bertuzzi. Don't forget, they also signed um, Pius Suter. They still have Joe Valeno coming up in their system. I'm pretty sure they also have, if I'm not mistaken, Jared McIsaac um, on on their, their organization. So, like, I really like the makeup of, of the Detroit Red Wings along with, um, I think it was the Ottawa Senators I was talking about last episode. I think those teams could really be shaping up to uh, have good futures. But team that's doing really well right now, the Florida Panthers are 5-0 and on the season. If I'm not mistaken, it is them and um, them, Carolina, Pittsburgh. No, not Pittsburgh. Sorry, them, Carolina, St. Louis, yes, and Edmonton, yeah. who are all undefeated. Um, yeah. I think 
St. Louis is a bit of a surprise to me. Me too. Yeah. Um, I mean, so early in the season. This applies to everybody except for the Toronto Maple Leafs, as that is so early in the season. Um, but I mean, Jordan Kairou's having a hot start. I'm pretty sure Perron had a hat trick the other night. Yeah, Perron's in the league. So, you know, St. Louis is, a bit, is in a bit of a weird position. Um, they got some rough contracts on that team, like Justin Falk. Um, but they also have a lot of their players locked up for quite a few more years in like Braden Shen and Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko, which like it seemed like they were destined to trade him. And now he's kind of just been good again. Yeah. It's... Um, but the I want to talk about um, the Edmonton Oilers. Obviously, Connor McDavid has scored more than the entire Montreal Canadiens organization to start the season. <laughs> this guy, I feel like we have to talk about him every episode. This guy's just nuts, man. He has 13 points in his first five games, almost averaging three points a game. That is ridiculous. That, that's crazy. The next non-oiler in league scoring is Obi with thir- with 10. Sorry, so he's got three fewer points. Yeah, this, it's, this, is this guy's just crazy. crazy. This is like an 80s-style season for your Oilers. I don't know. I feel like, you know when you used to look at, like, the 80s, like, hockey DB pages, and you'd see, like, the top scorers in the league, and, like, five out of the seven would be Edmonton Oilers? Yes. I feel like we might see that again this year because just maybe some players will fall off, but I can see high point point totals for a lot of their players. Eugene Hopkins, even Hyman, Puyarvi. And you got Barry, obviously, who's going to get a million secondary assists. Seriously. Uh, again, we don't know how it's going to translate into the playoffs, and I feel like we do know. I feel like it's going to translate poorly into the playoffs. I can see them even getting maybe 20 more points in Vegas in the regular season. But in the playoffs, they play Vegas and taking Vegas every time. But yeah, at least unlike the Leafs, they're performing in the regular season when they should be. So I'm at five goals in five games. Yeah, I was just about to mention that too. And I, and I really do think that Edmonton is serious this year. Like, I think a lot of the times you say, oh, you know, they, you know they've won a couple of games, but they'll eventually go on that, you know, slump. I, I genuinely think they're going to keep the top seed this year. And the, I think my only question is the goaltending. Like, I think Smith is still great, but can he be – can he still remain healthy? Can he be that number one that they need him to be? Or do you need to acquire, like, a you know, a better goalie, like, like probably really soon because i don't know no i agree with your sentiment julian i just want to throw this out there really quickly zach hyman has more points than tavares matthews and marner combined love that love that way more goals yeah way more i think like five times as many (laughs) that's exactly what it is it's it's five times as many the the thing with edmonton still is they still have keith barry and cc in their decor (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, the goaltending is your only issue because they still have whatever that is. But yeah, yeah like, no. they can improve. Okay, their their decor is what it is. I don't think they're going to improve it now, especially when they went all in on Keith and resigned Barry. So I think whatever I mean, that traded is, Ethan Bear. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, message, never understood that. Actually, I'm happy he's out of Edmonton, though. I am happy he's out of Edmonton. Yeah, but their goaltending is something that they can improve with the assets that they have. So. Yeah, that, that would obviously make them better because, yeah, goaltending is not the strongest aspect. But It really is a testament to how good McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nuge are. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're 5-0 and with, like, to, to even go on a five-game winning streak with Keith, um, Barry, and CeCe <laughs> on your blue line. Like, the fact, 
that I was watching their game and Keith and CeCe run at the same time. Like that has to be the equivalent of when the Penguins had Jack Johnson and um and Eric and Branson on as a <laughs> right? like that has to be the, the closest equivalent to that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's preposterous. And yet they're undefeated. <laughs> yeah, especially in that division. I don't see it. I don't see there's no way they're not making the playoffs, obviously. I don't even think the way that they've started, like they already have eight points on Vegas. Which I mean, that can be made up, but it's also like a sizable amount of points that they have up on them. So yeah, I oh. see Edmonton just rolling this division, honestly. I'd like to see how Edmonton performs the next two games because they got the Flyers and the Canucks coming up, and I think both those games could be quite entertaining. Um, but also might actually challenge the Oilers. Um, when it, when it comes to you know defensive abilities, so um, I wonder if they'll they'll be able to keep that streak. But then they have like Seattle and then Nashville after that, so. How many games do they play this week? Two. Two more games before next Monday? Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So by next time we're recording, how many points does McDavid have? I'm saying 20. Hmm. I'm going to go 19. Yeah, I'm going to go 19. I think 20 is a little ridiculous, all right? <laughs> you keep it realistic here with, with 19. Yeah, only six points in two games, not seven points in two games. Come on, guys. Um, the New York Rangers sit so atop the, the Metro right now, 4-1-1. One, one. Igor Shashirkin is so crazy good. Um, I mean, we should also talk about, I guess, that game with the, with the Toronto Maple Leafs where he yeah. kind of just went god mode. Like, he went – he channeled his inner um, his inner Georgiev against the Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> he just went stupid and just stopped everything. Yeah. That was a really good game for Matthews. That first game back was really good. Uh, yes. He hasn't been fan. He hasn't really been world beater Matthews um, in the other two games, especially the latest one. But pretty good performance against the New York Rangers. I think he had 16 shot attempts, eight shots. Yeah, it was Although, ridiculous. Uh, if it's in butts or candy and nuts, I don't know why we're talking. But it, I mean, it's me who brought it up. I don't know why I'm bringing up a game that was in the past. Yeah, touching on just Durkin, and I think we can relate him also to Sorokin on the Islanders because like you got the Russian connection. You have the young goalie connection, then you have the New York connection. I think it was always kind of established, like, okay, maybe like one of them will come over and succeed, maybe not even. But the fact that both of them have come over and kind of become the starters in those in those teams, it just helps up the rivalry, especially because you're always gonna have that like who's better, Sturkin or Sorokin. Yeah, you're always gonna play into those games. I think it's just an exciting aspect of the rivalry that I hope I hope we see a playoff series between the two. Both. That would be fantastic. You know, it was better. Between Shashirkin and Sorokin? Who? Freddie Anderson. Oh, good transition. Let's talk about Freddie Anderson and the Carolina Hurricanes. He's got a 944 and a 1.75. 4-0 record. You love, love to see love it. Love it. Love you it. love to see it. I cannot wait for this year's Stanley Cup final between the Carolina Hurricanes and Edmonton Oilers. It's going to happen. Freddie will get four straight shutouts, but Hyman will also manage to get a 20-goal postseason. <laughs> Maximum chaos. Who didn't see this coming? Come on, we all knew. That we all knew. No, we all knew it was going to be great. <laughs> especially we when all knew. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Honestly, I, just... I think I think players should start having a strategy where they come to the Toronto Maple Leafs for like a season or two, just so they can like get a a, a jump pad on their career when they leave the team and inevitably score sixty points more than they ever have. Yeah. 
It, it worked with McCann. It didn't play a game with us. It worked yeah. with McCann. All he had to do was be was be a Toronto Maple Leaf for two, <laughs> two minutes. Oh my god! Yeah, just get an email from Kyle Dubas and be like, "You're on the team," and then that's all you need. Just get traded after that. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, you know what, though, on, on a great. serious, like I, I genuinely though I, I am kind of happy for Freddie because I think, obviously, with. The pressure and the expectation in Toronto, I, I definitely think that can mess with your confidence and and, and definitely from a mental uh, health standpoint, it can be difficult. And I think Freddie going to Carolina, obviously with the media not being on his tail all the time, he's able to just focus on being a goalie and focus on playing well. And I'm hoping that continues throughout the season because I think he deserves that. And I think we've always known that he is a very talented goaltender, but was on the Toronto Maple Leafs, which uh, is not easy to do. Yeah. Um, there's two more teams I want to talk about. So first, I'm just going to quickly touch on Minnesota. Wow, they really yes. turned around their perception of the team. The fact that there was a bunch of games on, and I decided to turn on the Minnesota game kind of proves it. Because they had a really exciting game in Winnipeg. They won 6-5 in overtime. Yeah. And it was like, I can't believe this is a team that two years ago, you, no one would ever think of watching them. And now they have a really exciting team. They have Kaprizov, they have Fiala, even Zuccarello really revived his career there. And I think... They, if they can build on last season, I think they could be a pretty pretty good team in that central division. Joel Eriksson Eck out of nowhere has just become fantastic as long with Seriously. along with uh, Jordan Greenway. Like they had, I don't want to say bad starts to their career, but like kind of middling, like not exactly exciting, but they've really come into their own in this league. And yeah, last season, the arrival of Kaprizov made the Wild a very exciting team to watch. And it was a team that was like very defense oriented they got fantastic goaltending they have a pretty solid blue line um but now like they're getting no goaltending to start the season and they're still 4-1-0 because they're just scoring by committee <laughs> everybody on the roster has a point yeah victor wow. rask is out is on a better scoring pace than austin matthews love this <laughs> right. love being a leafs fan yeah and then the other thing i want to talk about is obviously florida i think I don't know. At this point, I'm seeing a really deep playoff run for these guys. I just think their team, there's no holes in their team, honestly. Like, the fact that they were already, like, really good last year and they brought in Sam Reinhardt, like, I, don't know, I can't, I really can't see this team slowing down anytime soon. They have mm-hmm. depth all over their forward. Their top six is insane. Honestly, one of the best in the league. And their deep court, Anton Lundell, fantastic yeah, yeah, center. And Seriously. And, um, <laughs> notably above a point per game, Mason Marchman. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and Carter Verhage. Don't forget. And Carter Oh, my God. How could I forget? Would you Would you argue that Florida is the number one contender for the Stanley Cup at the moment? Um, it's like in, in, in the context of way too early Stanley Cup final predictions, yes. Yeah. I wouldn't um, argue against it. But, yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's, it's not realistic, especially if they have – the career trajectory that is Sergei Bobrovsky of be bad for a season or two and then be Vesna for a season or two. Yeah. So if, if he if he is going to be Vesna this year, then they will definitely make it very far because yeah. I think Spencer Knight is a more than capable backup goalie. Yeah. I, I took a flyer on Bobrovsky in fantasy in like the last round of my draft, and honestly, like wow, he's really paying off. And I'm not gonna say I thought it was coming because or else he wouldn't have gone the last round, but I don't know. The fact that now he has Spencer Knight behind him, and even if he falters for a little bit, they know that they have Knight that can go in. That's one of the best tandems in the league, honestly. I know Knight's a little bit inexperienced, but he proved last year that he's a good goalie in this league. 
So yeah, if they get the goaltending, if Ekblad doesn't get his annual injury that he's out for like six months, which he usually gets, if he doesn't get that and if their offense can keep up, which I think they will, there's no way this offense will not keep it up. Yeah, I think they're one of the least the top five contenders this year. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Sorry, I don't know if you guys are catching the sirens, but they're going crazy right now. They're coming um, from my end. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much time we have left. If there's anything you guys wanted to touch on before we say goodbyes. Yeah, we have um, yeah, we have a little, like three minutes left. So if anyone wants to just touch on one team we can talk about. Well, I know we have talked a lot about them today, but I just saw like as we were talk as we were just speaking, uh the Maple Leafs will be putting Matthews with Nylander in tonight's lineup. Good. And uh Marner's gonna be playing with Tavares. So that should be quite interesting. I will watch it at least. I wasn't planning on watching good, it. But good phrasing cool. too. They're not putting Nylander with Matthews. They are putting Matthews with Nylander. Yeah. Honestly, yep, that's, that's a good way to put um, it. And I guess one final team to touch upon, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks have not led to start the season. They are six mm-hmm. games into their season and they have not held a lead. Honestly, what Julian said like last week was so true on how Chicago, they were either going to, like win the division or just like come last and totally bombed and no one between the Chicago. And I thought yeah. they were gonna be a lot better, especially with Hayes going back. And yeah, with especially with Flurry in that. Yeah, like how would it is bad? Like and he's got like an 820 save percentage, something like that. Did you see uh Seth Jones? Like he's he's been on the ice for like 10 goals against and like none for. Yeah, yeah. He's it's, like he's just fundamentally not very good anymore. Like, That's, he used to be good, right? He used to be really good. I, forget, I honestly don't remember a time where, like, I'm because of the Columbus series. Like, this guy was amazing. He was all over Matthews. It was so hard to beat him. What happened? Yeah, I don't know. He, just, don't he know. doesn't He doesn't know how to pass anymore. His, like, his skating is kind of clunky. It's it's all so jarring. It's it's like what happened to Ekman Larson, whatever these guys are. If they're the same trainer or something. I wouldn't be conspiracy <laughs> going on here. Um, what? Nine and a half mil? Is that how much this contract is? Yeah. Wow. A market shifter. I wanted to talk about that briefly last episode. Um, The market is completely shifted thanks to Seth Jones and his contract. It was like, it's exactly like like when the Oilers traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson and defensemen became super high priced for the next two seasons. Now, um, Seth Jones signs probably the worst contract in the league. And, you know, defensemen are now super expensive all over again. If we're well, demanding you can eight and even half, nine and a half. Sure. Yeah, like you, you can even th- talk about Morgan Riley like this upcoming season. If he does go to free agency, right? You know, who who's to say that he's like, well, Seth Jones is getting nine and a half million. I want around the same, please, because that's yeah. just how it's how it's moving, right? Yeah. But yeah, and just one last thing before we go, Patrick Line has six points in five games. So do it. Fantasy. I actually I don't even hate Patrick Line. Like I, no, I don't do well. Funny. I, I'm I kind of expected this to be honest with him. There's no way he could be as bad as he was last season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're just like trying to make him something that he's not, and like we're gonna make him a two-way sulky candidate. Power yeah, that's never gonna happen. Like, nah, dude, just let him let him be score. Yeah. And then yeah. he'll be fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you to everybody for tuning in to another episode of Above the Ice Into the Numbers. It is always a pleasure to get with you guys and talk some hockey. I know you've had you got some busy Mondays on your hands, so thank you for making the time to uh, speak with little old me. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Any, any closing fun. remarks, boys? Any hot takes before we get out of here? Uh, Leafs lose six nine ten. Um, 
my one comment will be even though I don't want to, I'm still going to watch the game just because that's what Leaf fans do. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it's good. You know what? Hot take Leafs are going to win. There we go. Right, I'm playing it down. They're going to win tonight. Super hot take. Yeah, they're going to win and Matthew's going to score at least once. Nah, Freddie's Freddie's in that tonight, right? So I, I think we're going to actually win. I, I think maybe. Yes. No, I'm going to keep. We're either going to get shut out or we're going to blow them up. I think yeah. maybe. Quote from Julian. I think maybe. <laughs> I think maybe. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Thanks again for listening. Take okay. care. Have a good one. Yeah.